Now that you've found UBN Radio and discovered our quality talk shows, it's time to spread the word to friends, family, and the universe. 24 hours of music and talk. Radio without limits. That's why people keep coming back for more. That's UBNRadio.com. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole. All right. Howdy, 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 everybody, and welcome to one-on-one with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Jasper Cole, and we are coming to you live today from Holly Weird, California, right here at Sunset Gower Studios. And I want to thank you all for tuning in. This is our fourth show on this new journey. Um, couldn't do it without you. I want to give a big shout out to my producer, Mr. John Williams. Hello, hey, buddy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm just in the background today. Yes, we're doing a little, we're changing it up a little bit today. Yeah. But um, couldn't do this without you. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Oh, good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm happy to be back. I'm getting to see you once a week now. <laughs> we used to do my other show once, once a, a month. month. Yeah, yeah. And so now it's like a it's like a weekly gig. Yeah, it is. I really love it. Yeah. I'm thank you guys, it all the uh, listeners and and viewers who've been tuning in each week, and thank you for your tweets and uh, Facebook messages. And so, as a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at one on one J Cole. And I'm sure it's up on the screen. Yes, it is. And Facebook, of course, one-on-one Jasper Cole. And then website, jaspercole.com. And um, today's show I'm really excited about. Well, I'm excited for two reasons, the topic and the the guest. Mm -hmm. We're going to spend this whole edition today talking about uh, addiction and recovery and or or both. Um, And I'm really excited about our guest, uh, beautiful actress, model, host, but really advocate and I would say expert on addiction and recovery, the beautiful Jennifer Jimenez will be coming in here shortly. And the thing I love about Jennifer, besides her looks and her heart, is that this is someone who doesn't just talk the talk, but she walks the walk. Mm-hmm. She's uh, been very open to talk about addiction in her own life and her own recovery, and she helps millions of people um, with her with her uh, speaking engagements around the country and around the world, but she's also involved in a project called SoberBook.com, and she'll tell us all about that today. And she's spending a lot of time in Florida, and uh, I don't. We'll have to talk to her about that. She's traveling everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really uh, keeping the airways hot with the check her Twitter because she updates it regularly. Exactly, yeah. and you know, uh, JW, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I think it'd be hard-pressed to f- throw a rock in this country and not find someone that addiction has not touched either them or their family, right? Very true, very true, yeah. I mean, I have it in my family, mm-hmm. I have it in my extended family, and I don't know if it's, um, I guess addiction, of course, there are many kinds of addiction. Yes. We're going to talk about that today. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not just alcohol and drugs, there's right. sex and there's food, but mm-hmm. I think alcohol and drugs, of course, seem to get most of the attention. Yeah. Um, but I've been getting a lot of interesting questions from, from viewers and people I want to talk about. You know, there's this, there's controversy about addiction. Is it a choice? Is it genetic? Mm. Um, that's, that's a very polarizing thing within this topic. I'd love to talk to Jennifer about that. Right. And, you know, all kinds of, um, issues. So I want to encourage people to call in or tweet in, Mm -hmm. uh, John is the one handling the chat room. So Mm -hmm. if you have questions for Jennifer about on this topic, 
uh, please do, you know, tweet it in. And it, once you're logged onto the show, you're automatically in the chat room, right, JW? Right. Uh huh. They okay. just go to ubnradio.com and then click on channel one, and you will be into the chat room. Perfect. Well, that's the thing. I like I said, I really want to get into it with her about addiction and how it not just affects the the person, but how it affects the whole family. Right. You know, there's a domino effect with addiction, mm-hmm. um, and. And there, there's there's a school of thought that, it, you know, can it be cured? Can it can you recover? Well, someone like Jennifer and there's a whole list of people who can, you can point to and show that, yes, you can. Uh, you, I, as every addict says, it's day to day. Right. You, you one learn day at a time. One day at a time. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the different programs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's exciting. I mean, I just love Jennifer has been a guest on my other show on the set with Jasper Cole where we just hooted it up and had fun and laughed or whatever but i've always actually wanted to be able to really sit down and talk about this with her Mm -hmm. so we have time to actually get into it it's her passion and 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 also just thank her for what she does you know she's really an advocate and she puts her her heart into it so um yeah courageous voice yes right and we've all we it's not just addiction in hollywood you know of course because hollywood and celebrities of course make the news Mm -hmm. and And they're under a magnifying glass uh, right Mm -hmm. but you know, addiction is hitting small towns, mm-hmm. p- poor people, rich people. It's it's really an right. epidemic right. Um, across this country. And so it's fascinating to me. Also, we can get into does insurance pay for treatment and what, what that whole controversy mm-hmm. is. You know, is yeah. it covered and is enough uh, medical attention or psychological attention being brought to it? And it goes back to that thing I mentioned about there's camps that think, well, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. So clearly you don't need a doctor or whatever. Or if it's some sort of mm-hmm. stem from trauma, you know. PTSD. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. And then I... Coping I, mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I t- truly believe there is a genetic predisposition. I mean, yeah. I... Um, have had addiction with my family, and I have not had addiction to alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. However, I'll be honest to admit, I think I've had an addiction a little bit at times to exercise and or coffee. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, thank you, JW. I, I just want you guys to know this is not a pity party for Jasper, but <laughs> I thought it's a timely show. Thank though, you, because you know what? My brain—I actually forgot it. But yeah. I just want you to know that I. I'm on my sixth day. Uh, this is my sixth day without any caffeine whatsoever. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is, I just want you to know, I'm someone that I was drinking 80 ounces of coffee a day. Now, when you hear that, it sounds ridiculous, but f- but I never thought of it that way because I would drink like a 20-ounce cup in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I have a 20-ounce a few hours later. Mm-hmm. And then every afternoon around 4 or 5, I'd have another 20-ounce and another. So I'd end up with four 20-ounce cups of coffee which, if you can do the math, is 80 <laughs> ounces. So I think you would say I had an addiction. Um, it was not helping uh, anxiety and stress. And then it was also causing uh, gastritis and esophagus problems. So we'll make this into a medical show all of a sudden. <laughs> so needless to say, I've co- had to go cold turkey. I, well, that's the thing. I didn't have to go cold turkey. That's a part of my personality that I tend to do all or nothing. So um, it is tomorrow will be a week. I've had no caffeine whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm really angry. No, no, you're not. <laughs> no, actually, you know, the truth is I think I'm getting I'm at, at, over that hump part well, right good. now. Yeah, because I think I'm feeling, you know, feeling myself again. I, you know, when you when you it's a habit. Right. And we could talk about this is, you know, well, co- have you cal- used anything to replace it? Well, I'm drinking herbal tea. Okay. You know, I'm drinking like decaffeinated green tea uh-huh. and uh, chamomile tea, but 
but I think a lot of it for me was a was a habit, mm-hmm. was a routine. Yeah. And then, but it does. I think the key is anything in moderation. I mean, not drugs. I'm talking caffeine, right. certain mm-hmm. foods in moderation. Mm-hmm. But I, um, that was a perfect segue talking about my own addictions. You know, in terms of exercise and controlling foods that I eat or whatever. So um, we can. We're going to talk to Jennifer about that. The the I've been told before, like, I'm not an alcoholic, but I have friends that said, well, Jasper, come to AA with me because you have an alcoholic personality. So, you know, I think um, I think that goes back to the gene for addiction. Yeah, and I've actually attended some AA meetings with friends to be of support. Right. And they do have you stand up and, you know, and introduce yourself. And I, I stood up and said, my name is John. I'm addicted to sugar. Well, <laughs> so it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, I'm making laugh. Of, I'm laughing about it, but it actually, you know. Any, these are all stimulants. They are. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, th- I mean, like even with the exercise, they just say, well, at least it's exercise. It's not, yeah. you know, crack cocaine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um but I think that's what I think that's what I notice in myself. Yeah. Um, I believe there I have a genetic predip- predisposition. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't for alcohol or drugs because yeah. I drank in college um, to excess and I was able to stop. And I pretty wow, much tried great. a lot of drugs. OK, but it never I never felt anything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. For, so f- I, so I think if I were going to be an addict it would have happened yeah you know so again that that's my philosophy about having the genetic predisposition so anyway you can see it's really it's it's a topic that we probably need three hours to talk about but (laughs) i'm excited i'm excited and uh, i just really hope john give out the phone numbers in case people want to call in today it is 323-843-2826 perfect 323-843-2826 Two eight two six, which is two UBN. Yes, and mm-hmm. I have some. I, I got some questions already off of Facebook and Twitter that I will will talk about. And like again, if I said if you want to uh, uh, go onto the chat room, log in, and JW will take your questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, remember uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. And JW, let's take our first break. All right. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by the lovely Jennifer Jimenez. Awesome. You are watching and listening to One on One with Jasper Cole. They tried to make me go to rehab, I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I ain't got the time, and if my daddy thinks I'm fine, they tried to make me go to rehab.
You're back one on one with Jasper Cole. Woohoo! All right. Howdy, howdy, and welcome back. Here we are, and my mic is this big black thing's falling everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is supposed to, to be my really serious <laughs> show, Jennifer. I'm supposed to be very together. Okay. Welcome back. As we mentioned, we are now joined by the beautiful and the talented Jennifer Jimenez. Uh, hi, hi, gorgeous. <laughs> Jennifer and I are just saying, we were like talking and all the stuff we should probably be saving for the interview, but we haven't seen each other in like a year and a half. I know. It's been a long time. I, I'm, I'm, should I be resentful? No, because I that other show <laughs> I do is only once a month, but oh, now this okay. is once a week. But you, you're you're a top of our list to come in. Oh, really? Yeah, but we just lucked out and got you because you always are traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, can I just say like yes. congratulations on the show? I love Thank that you. name one on one. Thank like, you. Like it's so amazing. Thank you. I, well, because my, my other show was it's it is it's not was is great and it's a party and it's two hours. But I wanted to be able to sometimes just I'm going to turn turn. A I little feel bit. like yeah, I need to so, talk to you like this. Because this is my better side. But uh, so do, go ahead. Okay, we'll yeah, just talk so like that. Switch <laughs> seats. <laughs> Am I okay here, Jay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just saying you could switch seats if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. Names. I just because it's weird. No, I like that to labels me a real big diva. <laughs> well, I'm the diva. No, no. But no, because I've wanted to do a show where I could actually just talk to someone and spend time. And I know with you, because you act and you model and you host and you have the whole reality thing. But I know that your true passion is addiction and recovery. Yeah, because it is. this has been your journey. And one thing I've always loved about you, many things, is that, and this, if I were an addict, for instance, I would, I would gravitate towards someone who's actually been through it and walks the walk and has been there. It's sort of like when you go to a doctor, I, I, I'm always like relieved that sometimes the doctor might have the same thing I'm dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, otherwise you're kind of dealing with someone from a textbook kind of like a therapist or a psychiatrist can talk to you about addiction, mm-hmm. but if they've never actually lived it, it's hard to it's trust different, that. Right? Yeah, it's hard to trust that. It kind of. Thank you. I, yeah. I'm honored that you say that. Um, it's uh, when you were saying, first of all, when you were saying about like uh, you know a model actress, all this stuff. But my true passion is recovery, I know. and it's not just from alcohol and drugs. It's everything. And I thank you for saying that. Like I'm getting all teary eyed. Um, and uh, and you know I really believe like you have to walk the walk, mm-hmm. and you have to talk. You know, walk the talk as well. And, and faith, you know, without works, and and you know, reflections, seeing reflections of yourself from others, and faith without faith without works is really dead in, in right. that in that way. And right. you know I. I admire so many people in my life and in, you know, that I either know or I see from afar. And, you know, you want, that's how I continue to stay sober. Like I see how all these people are doing, Mm -hmm. you know, that are in recovery or, you know, I, we go through different phases and times and um, I'll explain that later, a little bit later. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you've had quite a journey and you've always been so open about it and you've talked about food issues. And I was mentioning earlier in the beginning that I've had, um, I'm, I've not had, issues with alcohol or drugs, but I think I definitely was addicted to uh, exercise and food, you know, controlling my food, lack of or overeating, you know, because my, my mom was an alcoholic and, and I, I wanted to talk to you about, cause I got some questions off of people, uh, Twitter and Facebook wrote in a lot of people were, there's this thing about genetics 
and the genetic predisposition for addiction. Now, I, I have this opinion that I think there is a genetic predisposition that I can see in myself, even though I didn't turn to alcohol or drugs. I definitely was addicted to exercise and that control and the food, and it just wasn't alcohol and drugs for me. Now, what is your take on that? Okay. Um, first and foremost, I really, it's a fact, it's a proven, right. you know, it, that it, it is a gene. A medical fact. A medical fact that it is a gene and it's hereditary. Um, on that note, it could be a great, 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 great aunt of yours or your family. It could be right in front of you. Right. You know, my family tree is pretty close to me, you know, like I don't have to do the work on like which like aunt, which great, were, great, great yeah. aunt that was. Um, and I also believe that like a lot of times um, with Alcohol and drugs, for example, um, uh, they, you know, a lot of times people, I believe that uh, most of us are trauma survivors mm-hmm. of some sort. That's a great point. Through life. PTSD. You know? Yes. Of life. Uh, of life. You know, and then you have early, you know, have childhood uh, trauma, mm-hmm. you have early adulthood trauma, and then you have adulthood trauma. So those layers, plus either I also believe that we either lost coping skills or never got them along mm. the way. So therefore you create these survival mechanisms right. in your, you know, the way that you become. And, um... Children of alcoholics um, and addicts, um, they tend to see that stuff and go, I don't want to be like mm-hmm. that, you know. But then sometimes you may have had the coping skills that I didn't, you know. And, and you know, you put a in lot of – Maybe in some ways, but you know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, put in, you know, a lot of factors for me, for example, and it could be someone else's career or their, their – you know, the kids they hung out with, you know, at an right. early age. Influences. Yeah, and my influences was were supermodels and, like, hairdressers and designers and, so, you know, and I was only as good Just as my next job. simple, humble people. Yeah, humble people, you know, and there was never any foundation as a – you know, because I got discovered when I was 13, 20, right. 14. So my life growing up from then on was I'm only as good as my next job, my next cover, Your my weight. next campaign. My weight. I was five six and completely like not developed at all when I first got discovered. You know, cut to six <laughs> months later, they're asking my mom to take me out of school and put me in the gym. And the supermodels taught me how to eat boxes of laxatives and lettuce. You know, wow. and I'm developing. I'm five six. I'm now five ten. So you know, I started growing and hips and boobs. Everything started kind of coming right, out. You're developing at that age. Yeah, and I just remember like I have a thing with measuring tapes. You know, mm-hmm. and so these people were my influences, and it was about about never building an inf- uh, a foundation within me. Like, right. I'm good enough no matter what. If I have a job, no job, this or that, you know, and, and that I'm comfortable in my own skin. And my thing was, I know I was picked apart every day, all day long. So that kind of builds in, you know, like that, you know. That does a number on you. It does. So, so say you had that, you know, you and I being brought up, like you had that, the value mm-hmm. sent, you mm-hmm. know, put in you. I did it. Right. Chances mm-hmm. are. Right. Yeah. But and, sorry. No, really go ahead. Quick. Yeah. I do believe from breaking my anonymity on a worldly scale, I do believe that 99.9%, 99.9% of us have some kind of ism at some point I in our agree, life. I agree totally. And I think if if you haven't gone to therapy or if you, you when you finally go to therapy, you know, that happened for me when I turned 50. I had a midlife crisis. I'm 51 now. I'm you still look incredible. Well, thank There's you. no way. No, no. I wasn't fishing for that. But I just, no, but I'm serious. I mean, the shit hit the fan for me at 50. Like I just sailed. My 40s, I sailed through. And then at 50, it was like my mom died and a lot mm. of shit happened. But, you know, the first thing in therapy, my therapist was like, you know, you have a lot of trauma, Jasper. But then everybody does. But we all develop different coping skills some people so the question is like when so when someone turns to alcohol or or takes their first drink 
and they don't have a genetic predisposition for it. Is there, because we all know social drinkers, people that can, or recreational, I don't know what you call it, that tend to be able to just take a drink or two. Or, the normal drinker. Yeah, there is that, right? There is. I mean, people that, we call them normies. In, okay, in the I didn't know the lingo. Rooms yeah, yeah. And program. There's the normies, you know, and then there's, there is a thing called the problem drinker, mm-hmm. somebody who's drinking because they have a problem, they deal with a problem, and they don't drink anymore right. or do drugs. And I'm using drinking, but it could be the problem, you know, binger, eating disorder, or, you know, and right. you deal sex, with those. Sex, even. Sex addicts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sex addicts. Okay. A lot of porn. Like, what? Mad- Ashley addicts. Madison. Is that bad? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> the Ashley, Ashley Madison, Madison thing. 87 freaking million people are cheating on that site. 87. And using their credit card. Well, the interesting and- thing about sex addicts is, you know, you, you take a drug or you drink to have a chemical reaction in your in your brain, right? right. So sex, you're just getting that internally. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I, I never, I don't talk much about this, but I might yeah. as well. I have one of the <laughs> things. One on I, one. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I realized that when doing, you know, the first season of Sober House, we had no idea what this was going to be. I'd never done a reality show. I didn't know what to expect. They didn't. We didn't mm-hmm. know what the outcome would be. Um, but I realized at one point that I have to stand in my truth of wherever I am mm-hmm. and I've like blogged about it when I was blogging back in the day and mm-hmm. my website and like saying you know I went homeless twice in sobriety I like know. but I have had to deal with sex addiction eating addiction um, you know drugs and alcohol and like you know these uh, you know traumas you know abuse like uh, it, it could be physical or you know sexual or Do you find whatever. it also falls into finances sometimes like over 100%. people who overspend hun- or, or can't handle their money you know blow the money or, yeah. or whatever I, I mean yeah. yeah because I remember when I started doing um, all the you know all, like the view and all the radio TV shows you know and this one guy um, on a certain news channel in California What's his um, name? Channel. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> At Sunset Block? Um, and uh, he was like, so, do you really think this works? I mean, come on. You're exploiting these people, don't you think? And he's like, I mean, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him, and I was like, no, it, it has worked. I mean, I'm still sober because of it. Like, mm-hmm. that shows, you know, and oh. about, like, oh, he was explo- criticizing the reality show? Yeah. Cele- it, like, Celebrity Rehab yeah, and Sober House? Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, you know, I... Um, I have to stand in my truth, you know, and I realize that like, you know, talking about all these things and talking about like sex addiction and other things, what we do is we use to feel something or Mm -hmm. to numb that or not feel or not feel drugs and alcohol are but a symptom. Like after a while, they seriously stop working and it sucks Mm -hmm. because then you're thinking all the things and the magic wand's not working. Yeah. Yeah. And like the even with sex, like you're just trying to fill that void, Mm -hmm. you know, that's so weird to do. Um, You know, that that void is getting like bigger and bigger and you're just, you know, you're not even realizing. And then there's another thing. Mental disorders mm-hmm. that no one likes to talk about, and the government doesn't, and the medical industry, healthcare doesn't. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, you can go. I can go to the doctors right now and get a pain pill, but I can't get, you know, a, a mental disorder, depression pill. You know, it's like right. you have to go through so many holes in order to get that. But a lot of times, like you don't know what comes first, the mm-hmm. chicken or the egg. Mm-hmm. Is it the mental disorder? Because a lot of times you want to, you know, it calms you down right. by doing drugs or alcohol, and you have that problem. You know, whether it be depression, bipolar, mm-hmm. you know, schizophrenia schizophrenia, psychotic, you're self-medicating, you're self-medicating mm-hmm. but then you stop that and then you're left with a person that's going crazy or like doesn't know what's real, you know, right. reality. Well, like with my mom, for example, she grew, you know, she's born in the thirties or whatever. And we, when she, after she became sober, um, in her fifties and she just cold Turkey stopped 
and she wasn't which that's part of our genetic personality i was mentioning i just stopped coffee six days ago but congratulations thank you please help me (laughs) but um but she didn't have the support group she didn't do the aa she didn't do that part of it but i believe in hindsight i think my mom was really depressed and bipolar and was just self-medicating because Mm -hmm. once she stopped and was on an antidepressant she became a different person in latter years of her life we spoke about it and and she kind of basically said you know i think i just was depressed but alcohol was what she turned to Mm -hmm. to your point i think that still happens right people are self even though there's a, a lot more medications at your disposal you can't get them yeah half the time half the time and then i'll I'll say this and it's a little rough and i don't mean anything mean by this to everyone who's listening or watching is ignorance is bliss right you know and a lot of times even though there's been this huge movement Mm -hmm. and i'm so grateful and honored that i've been part of that movement but like you know i've joined forces with a lot of people you know holding hands in in that and talking about it but people still go that's not my family you know that's not me I, oh. I don't believe in medication or I don't have my family doesn't have a problem like Denial. Denial. Work or, and yeah exactly right but there's that too you right. know and and it's it makes me sad because a lot of us can get better by addressing things there's you know? help there there is there, but there's still a lot of shame don't you think there's even so even much. today with all the attention on celebrities and everything there's still when it comes when it's you and your family and it really hits home, there's still shame about it. Yeah, there is. And and I think that just, oh, again, like I always feel like everything and what I've learned by working in treatment, working with so many people and, you know, being in treatment and working with so many doctors for me personally is that, you know, you cut everyone's heads who are in your life today mm-hmm. and it goes back to childhood. You know, our it, traumas are from childhood. And we say, you know, par- we I my parents did the very best they could knowing if you know if you knew better you'd do better but I, this is not about bashing parents but no. it's just kind of reality yeah you know yeah. I'm so glad i don't have kids but um <laughs> it's a big responsibility it is i sometimes i feel i, I feel I mean, that's why you know, i haven't had like them a, yet yeah yeah and then, yeah and you still can yeah but but i just feel like you're right it, 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 i think everything starts in childhood oh yeah I mean, yeah. yeah i mean good bad everything mm-hmm. um yeah. so one of the big questions i got is the whole issue of enabling an addict oh and this has been a part of my family and my extended family as well um you know it's so easy to say especially to parents well just kick their ass out or cut them off or and it's usually and you know it's so easy because i'm not a parent i don't have a child and we're just this is just talking about like a uh a parent who has a, a child who's an addict um there's that theory of there's the Dr. Laura school of, you know, just cut them off. And that's that's the only way they're going to survive. And, the, you know, what having been down your journey and, and in your own life and then seeing people around you, what's your take on the whole en- enabling? Because it's a really th- this part. This issue gets to me the most. This because- one gets to me lately a lot. Um, the most, uh, you know, I um, I believe enabling exists. I believe that, you know, I wish that that type of thing really worked all the time, you know, just cutting people off and letting them hit their bottom. Right. Um, I feel that if you're under 18 and it's your kids, 
put them oh, in treatment, yes. do some, take them into therapy. I don't believe that everyone needs to be on Ritalin. At, you know, there's so many kids, you know, you know, their parents are like, oh, my kid, you know, I don't have time. I'm going to put them ADD. on Ritalin. Yeah, Everything's ADD. ADD. I have ADD. I'm, I'm not on I have it right now. I know, and so. I don't have any, I don't take anything. I had to learn to cope, like, coping mechanisms, cope, like, tools to not, you know, I can use all the excuses in the world to not be who I am today. Right. You right. know, and be present and blame it on everybody else. But I no longer am a victim. You know, so, but the enabling part is, sorry, no, um, no, no. if you're 18 and older and you have, I am an addict uh, in recovery. I have people who I love, you know, that are in recovery, but they're addicts and alcoholics. I have family members that are, you know, recovery addicts. I have people who drink and, and do their things and, you know, that's on them. But I, I, Jennifer, I'm going to use myself, cannot save anybody. Right. That is not, and nobody's God. So I can't save anyone. I could tell people personally, you know, on a personal, I love you. I'm concerned for you. You need help. This is why. And you give them the reasons. I say this all the time when people email me. And then you can either detach with love and tolerance and love them from afar. Or you can just, you know, I being in recovery, one of the things we say is you can't you don't want to lose the opportunity when they're ready. Right. But you don't co-sign with stuff either. Oh, anymore. that's good. You know, and you can't say co-sign. that again. You don't co-sign. Yeah, their stuff. that's good. You know, co-signing is a big thing. Like if I'm around, you know. I can't. I wouldn't put myself in dangerous situations. I, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're on the housewives." They drink. I'm like, I got sober to live a big life. Like at five years sober, it took me a long time. For five years, I was only around sober people. I would go out and I'd have sober companions and people around mm-hmm. me. But like after five, and I'm nine and a half, I was like, I'm ready. Like it, but it took baby steps. Right. I don't go into a place where there's a lot of cocaine because I would probably use. You know what I mean? Like I just don't do that. Like I don't put myself in scary situations. You know, doing a TV show, I'm not risking myself. You know, like I know that I'm the one that has a problem. If I could, I would, but I can't, so I don't. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's yeah. Because my whole thing is, it's like what uh, mm, I I have someone in my life that is now in their 40s, like 47, and they have been basically a heroin addict since they were a teenager. And I, I, I watch the just the torture and the what it's done to the family. And, you know, there's there's this thought sometimes, you know, addicts are the most narcissistic people of all ever I more mean, than comedians or, or actors or whatever. <laughs> and then you throw in actors who become addicts, which are mainly I mean, I'm not mainly a lot, yeah, of, a lot of it. But I've just you know, I've watched what has happened to this family and you have. One parent who is the enabler and the other one who has gotten to the point where they're not anymore. And but the and I still say the kid, even though this person's 47, because I still think of them as a kid based on what's happened in their life. You know what I mean? I do. And you have an amazing point right there because the day you start drinking for addicts and alcoholics is the day you stop growing emotionally. So Mm -hmm. I took my first drink at at 12, right? I voluntarily Mm -hmm. took my drink at 12. I stopped growing emotionally then. Mm. And now I'm 21. I love that number. Um, Okay. This is it. You've hit on it here. That's why your friend is a kid. Because he's stunted. Yes. Emotionally. Yes. Absolutely. And they're trying to live in this grown up life and they have no idea. They're going crazy inside. Mm. Um, and I have the goosebumps. So yeah. the spirit's talking here. Yeah. Well, um, ooh. Uh, and uh, I also want to say that, you know, the parent that enables, you know, my mom, thank God, my, they didn't, Alan did not get her before. I got sober, but they did get her. Right. And then she did a lot of family groups and family groups. And that helped her cope, you know, and that right. helped her put boundaries. And she said, I can no longer enable you into a grave. That is the. This is at the end of the it. day, alcohol and drugs. If you're in, rec- if you're sick out there using, or someone you know is out there using, 
it is about life or death. death. No in between. There's not, no gray area. There is. You're, you're, there's not at all. Like when they get it's sober. It's just a matter of when. Yes. Either way. Either way. You know. When are they going to get sober? When is it going to kill them? Absolutely. Look at Bobby Christina. It is a saddest story, but it happens all the time. Well, you look know? at, I mean, on the celebrity rehab show that you were a part of so wonderfully, Dr. Drew, we love him. I mean, you know, there. Look at the. Look, first of all, there was great success. M- many more success stories than not. But the the people that have been lost since then. And for me, I it's it's horribly tragic. And I know there was criticism sometimes at the show. Like, well, I mean, such and such died. It's like, well, but that is the reality. They die all of day this long. disease. Every nineteen minutes, someone is dying from right. a pill overdose. Every nineteen, 19 minutes, minutes. Wow. you know, um, and you know, and this, they had a lot of help. I mean, you know what I mean? It's and they had aftercare treatment right. afterwards, and it was up to them, you know. And the thing is, if the person is not willing, you cannot <clears throat> save them. Save you them. can't. I used to say this: I can't fight harder for your recovery mm. than you. I can help you, but I can't fight, fight harder. harder. And you know, the the family that keeps enabling or saying, "I'm going to give you more money," or "It's okay, it's okay." Okay, you know, it's not okay at right. some point, you know, and the family around you, all the people, the person who's active in, in, in addiction in, or drinking, however you want to call it, the person who's using everyone around them is slowly dying with dying. them. You know, it's interesting because um, I used to, as I was growing up and my mom drank, I would sort of resent my father because he was the, he was the enabler and he was the classic enabler. And I sort of grew up sadly with this sort of uh, weak image of my dad. Like, oh, I used to say, why don't you divorce her? You know, why don't you leave? Whatever. Jump to, you know, years later and, and now I grew up and they she got sober and they stayed together. And I, I actually saw what strength it, it took for him to stay with her. But again, it brings me back to that thing. And on one hand, but she got sober. So you would say, well, the enabling kind of was good for her in the end because he was there to to be with her after she got sober had she not ever gotten sober i wonder what my opinion of that would be like if she had say alcohol had, had killed her for instance i don't know if my opinion of my dad would have changed you know what i mean i probably would have be i would be blaming him for being an enabler so it's just that that's the one area of this that i get so like tor- uh torn about you know, what I, do you mean? Like, I mean, because you're talking about would have, could have, should have. I yes, get it. I understand. Yeah. I mean, I do that all the time. You know, and like you said, it's. Just, I think you answered it for me. Is that it's? There's no gray area. There's I've no. been sort of looking, thinking there was a middle ground, and it, you're right. It's black or white. Mm-hmm. They're either going to get sober or they're not. That's it. Yeah, I and mean, I, it, the disease is so deep and so heavy and it has this disease of alcoholism and drug addiction does not care who, who you, you are, are who you know what you do you how much money you have you don't know don't have you know what sect nomination gender you are it doesn't care <laughs> it wants us all dead uh, yeah you know and and that's it like if i you know like you're once st- they always say you're either one step in you know you're you're either in recovery or you're in death right like you know like it's well, I like to hear – see, that's what I like to hear from someone who's living it is because I think a lot of times people kind of sugarcoat it or pussyfoot around it. They don't want to be so blunt about it. Yeah. And that's what I think addicts need to hear is that 
you're either going to get sober or you're going to die. Yeah. And, you know, I do believe, and a lot of people are going to kill me for saying this, but I don't believe everyone has to go to treatment. I don't believe that everyone has to do the 12 step, like a 12 step program. For me, it's helped immensely. And I've done them both. And I continuously do, you know, the 12 step program. And um, meetings is what meetings meetings are good for you. Yeah. And I work with a sponsor. I do, you know, the 12 step. I work, I work on my recovery every single day. Um, and, and not necessarily am I doing the work, right. you know, but I'm in recovery and uh, I try to be some days I'm not. And I'll explain that later. <laughs> but um, I also, you know, believe that people can do it. You know, some people go to church or do, you know, whatever, some spiritual mm-hmm. thing. It is a spiritual malady that people suffer from that right. we're all suffering from. It's right. that void that we're talking about. Which is interesting. You bring up the whole spiritual perspective because I have Lewis maybe on the line. He's oh. a spiritual advisor. In oh. fact, he wants to comment. Oh, hi. About this. Hi, so, Lewis. Hi, Lewis. Thanks for calling in. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. And and that's so true. It, it like everyone's on a spiritual journey, mm-hmm. and we all suffer from some form of demon or not, whether it be cancer, addiction, or anything else like that. That's all part of a life lesson uh, of of the of the soul. And to be able to reach out for help without fear and living in your truth and your integrity, uh, we're not perfect. We're not meant to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And by able to reach out and, and to offer help, whether it be through a program or through support, through friends, family, whatever, we're, we can all get through this. Right. And it doesn't have to be a, a single journey. It doesn't have to be uh, a journey that, that makes us isolated from one another. And with the soul perspective of, of the higher learning, we take all that beautiful inform- information and knowledge that we learned through a negative experience here on earth as a human and take it back home to the soul level and everyone shares in that knowledge to learn how to cope better and to deal better and all that sort of thing. Right. Uh, uh, You're you're definitely on point. So you dealt with people who've actually passed over from addiction, right? Lewis, you've, you've worked as a medium with people. Mm, Wow. So I think that's an interesting perspective to bring in because, you know, they're, they're learning uh, a very, a valuable, like he said, a valuable life lesson, but it's impacting so many people. It's bringing people together. It's, it's helping them learn from their experience as well. So I thought that was an interesting perspective because he's in the chat room talking. No, I love that you're saying, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, they, I was told this one time and it like blew me away. They said only through your experience, will you have a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. you know and be able to help people and i'm like what does that mean like my experience right mm-hmm. and i can only pull from my experience yeah, right. to yeah. walk that talk right you know? and, well i know with my mom that's, for that's instance it. walk the walk and talk the talk, talk the talk my mom for instance faith was her biggest thing and she had god and the bible and you know that that's what got her through it and she was diligent to the end even when she was sober about that yeah. so like you said it's whatever there's no judgment on treatment. No, there's not. There is all. within no. the community. I mean, there is within the like a. There is judgment. People are like, oh, they're after your money. You know what? For the most part, you it's true in that level. But like, I got great care. I had right. great people that were counselors and therapists and all this stuff, and they helped me deal. You know, I believe treatment is for when you need to be watched. I needed to be watched and detox and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And they taught me structure. I still make my bed in the morning. You know, it's all the they told me when to eat, poop. You know, go right. to group and share, do this, do that, all that stuff. You know, and then I left there, and I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna live. Like for mm-hmm. like probably like five months after treatment, I contemplating suicide and using every single day i didn't know how to live and then 
you know, they told me to go, you know, put my life away and, and put everything in storage. And I went homeless at nine months sober. And I wasn't in, in the cardboard box. I always, they said, if you be- do you believe in something bigger? And I was like, I guess. And I come from a really, you know, <laughs> mm. a background of, you know, Catholic, you know right? a Christian. Oh, and, Christian. Uh, and I was like, I guess. And they're like, well, you better hold on to that. And I promise you that you'll always have food on your table, a roof on your head, over your head, and a pillow, sleep, a pillow to sleep on. And I got to tell you, not one day in my sobriety have wow. I lacked. Not one day. And that's it. a lot to do with the serenity prayer, right? Right. And, and, and the uh, and the and, and the twelve step program mm-hmm. as well. Well, the twelve step program it has a spiritual base to it, right? They talk about surrendering to a higher power. something bigger, as bigger, you understand right. yeah. her, whatever you want to call it. Like mm-hmm. they were like, I don't care if it's a doorknob, you right. know, something bigger than you. And you know, for a long time, it was king drugs and alcohol. You know, king alcohol for me. You know, and and then that failed me. So mm-hmm. I'm still trusting on that God that I just don't understand fully. Wow. You know, but I'm learning. You know, I see God in this room right now. I right. see God over the phone. Well, you know. Like Lewis. Jesus, sometimes. Um, <laughs> Lewis, do you allegedly. have any? Do you have any vice for for Jennifer spiritually? Oh, spiritually. Oh, Jennifer. Oh my gosh! Like you're like the second coming. This is. I don't know what you've been doing over the last couple of years, but man, oh man, are you going to be a, a shining like brighter and better than ever before? Oh my god! Um, wow. It. I don't know if you're re- writing a book right now or doing some sort of writing, but if you're not, do it. Because well, your message is going to be combined with a few things that you've learned over your life and your life lessons, and it's I, you're you're going to be on on stages like you're going to be on shows. Well, that's wow. a great segue because I want to talk about that. Thank, thank you, Lewis, so, that's much. So, thank perfect you so much. Thank you so much. I just really go quick, ahead. I just got off the phone with my book agent on the way. Oh, over here. that's so great. <laughs> and Soberbook, right? And you just yeah. well, I was going to segue. Yeah. Well, I was going to talk about Soberbook.com, yeah. and now you're mentioning a book mm-hmm. so of course you, there's no one better to write a book but tell every let's yeah. talk about sober thank book thank you so much Lewis. L- yeah great segue wow. you're Lewis. welcome um, so I went to Florida uh, March 2013 I went to this city called Delray mm-hmm. and I had done a, a photo shoot here a few months prior with these people that worked in Florida and they live there and so they were like oh we got this photo shoot you want to do it and I was like yeah I'd love to I um, went to Florida and I went to this place city called Delray beach um in florida and it's beautiful. beautiful and i was like oh atlantic avenue it's so cute it's so eclectic <laughs> and they should do a show here like i was like in that world and they're like oh it's a capital recovery and i'm like no i would know and they're like no it's a capital recovery i'm like i'm the recovery girl well i found out it's the capital of recovery in the world wow. delray beach and you've and been in this industry for, for so, long so long and didn't know didn't that know. And i didn't know it either beautiful so. and so all of a sudden i was looking like all these people were wanting me to rep their facilities and then i met this one guy and he was like kid you're 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 up here and you're shooting for here. What the hell is your problem? Do you want to shoot here? Because you can rep all my facilities. Or I have this idea. Why don't you take a look at this? And he was talking about this book that a magazine was going to do. And I took a look at. It. He's like, if you're interested, give me a call back and we'll figure this out. You know, I came back, did all the notes I read. I was like, this is so crazy. So I met him a couple days later, and I was like, I love this, but you need to do this and that and blah blah blah. And he's like. How would you like to be a partner with me? And I was like, what? Wow. And my life changed from that photo shoot Talk day. About opportunity. I mean, it was Meeting crazy. timing, right? Yeah. And so it was a web, it's a website, sarahbook.com and a magazine. No mm. names, no faces. However, we're going through a construction, under construction for a little while. We were like, it, you know, it was costing so much to mm-hmm. do this magazine. Mm-hmm. It's for free. And, um, all of a sudden, we start getting all these people writing their stories with no, they're not their names, about, you know, incest survivors and the loved one of and, you know, an addict or how they can't get through this. And it was about any obstacle or mm-hmm. adversity you've overcome and how you're getting through right. that. Mm-hmm. Because really, when I got sober, it was about one thing. I had, I had to do one thing. 
and that was change everything. And they didn't tell me all the time, thank God, because I would have ran. <laughs> um, but I slowly changed a lot of things, but I'm always changing, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So I did this, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then all these people started writing stories for me, like celebrities. Uh, Renee Graziano from The Mob Wives wrote a story. Yeah, um, Brandy mm-hmm. wrote a story, a raw and a real story about, mm-hmm. you know, being 50%, you know, mom, and 50%, you know, she drinks when they're not there, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And she, it's about being raw and mm-hmm. real and, like, no editing, you know, who you are. Because if I stand and if you stand in your truth, which is so scary at first, you can never go wrong. That takes mm-hmm. the shame away too that like takes no shame, shame. Yeah. no shame it, whatever your story is exactly. just stand in it exactly. and it brings back your power it right. does right. and it takes away from other people who might use it to who to judge it yes. you right. know, yeah. throw you under the bus and you know yeah. it's interesting because a lot of people always go oh Jen you know you, look at you it's so different for you you're so you know you were lucky and it's like I wasn't lucky. born with a golden mm-hmm. like wand or a spoon or anything mm. I you know I was in a psych ward hung myself as I know you know the story on January 15 2006 which is my sobriety date and um, I, I, from the fixation, you know, and all, I had a lot of complications. I couldn't speak. I stuttered. I'd be like, okay, going to be like this. It would take me like a minute to say that forever. And they'd look at me and go, maybe. I would walk and I'd fall. It took me about a month to learn to fall, uh, to walk. Uh, I, my brain worked. My body didn't. I would like pee and poop in myself. And so I was in diapers. Wow. I would throw up profusely from the withdrawals. It was bad. Horrible. And like to know where I'm at now, mm-hmm. I always go, okay, it got, I got better, you know, like, cause it was many, many, many people that got me here. And, um, and you know, it's not always easy. It's, no. it's a daily reprieve, even mm-hmm. though I have nine and a half years, which is just years. It's just a lot of yesterdays put together. Cause you've met people who have 30 and 45. 45. I know 50, someone that's yeah. got 45 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Like that. And I'm she just goes like to meetings every day, twice a day. This is just for her. Right. Yeah. And she, and the other thing I love about, meetings without naming anything is there's such a my friend can travel anywhere in the world she was in she was literally in africa and this little tribal area and she found a meeting mm-hmm. it's beautiful and the con, you know the 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 connections she's made and and it's just amazing yeah i did that in rome uh one time and i was sober and then i had relapse so i was going to meetings <laughs> in rome i was there for a month and a half and it was like so cool you know like Everyone, like people in recovery, they're undercover, but they're everywhere. I chose to break my anonymity, but I don't believe everyone has to. You know, um, but, you know, one of the things is like, like, you know, it's like life. I don't know how to be nine years in a half, nine and a half years sober. Like yesterday was a rough day. Yesterday I woke up, I went to bed at 530 because I just came back from Florida a couple of days ago. All the traveling. Yeah, too, the traveling just takes lag. me off. Yeah. And I was in my head and I went to bed at 530 in the morning. I got a call at 547 and my aunts, my uncle, who's my mom's brother, his wife, her brother-in-law died. Mm. And so he was 49. And I got that call in the morning. And then um, I got in a fight with my boyfriend and it was on me, you know, and I was like crazy. And I was like, I'm breaking up with you. Like, you know, I was like 13, you know, and, (laughs) and I was like, what did I just do? And like, and then I call and I pop like, and it was me. And then um, I had another thing and then my finger, I got it stuck in the window. It's purple. Wow. My middle finger. Um, (laughs) Luckily it was that one. I know. And I was like screaming. And then I have, I suffer from migraines, got a migraine. Oh, I do too. Oh my God. We, we'll tracks. talk off yeah. air about that. The craziest thing. So then Brilliant. I'm in the floor, like in fetal position, talking to my boyfriend, crying, going, well, I was happy once in my life. Like, it, I fell apart, you know? And and he's like, babe, you just need to sleep. You need to go to bed yeah. and you need to sleep. But those are triggers that These can trigger. Triggers. And I go, how am I going to? Yeah. And I looked at, and I looked up in the air and I was like, God, how the 
are you gonna get me out of this and like he was and then after i talked to my boyfriend i went and i tried i fell asleep like an hour later and i woke up today and the first thing i said was i choose to be happy because mm, life right. fucking happens yeah right and it's a series of choices it really is a series of choices right. it is yeah it it's is. like a choose your choose your own adventure yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I mean, know? Mean, life ways. happens unfortunately yeah. there's tragedy yeah. there's great things there's bad things it's, it's just how life. we cope with it yeah, it is and for an addict sometimes that is that is can be Medicaid, horrific yeah. for any of us, mm-hmm. but for an addict, those are the things we they have to watch out for to trigger things that can trigger mm-hmm. the addiction again. Absolutely, I can't believe the time. Where was the time? This is really okay. It's so everyone, of course, so Jennifer on Twitter is at Jennifer Jimenez, mm-hmm. right? G I M E N E Z, right? Uh, face, and you have a website. Yes, Jenhamenez. And I think JW is putting all screen. this on the yes. screen. Thank you. And Sober pictures book, of Soberbook. Soberbook.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I haven't seen you in so long. I, I love know. you so much. I love you too. I'm not resentful anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yay! I've been free. You can come back anytime. I would love to. I love this you. Is amazing. You're so Thank inspiring you. to so many people. You make me great. Thank oh, you. Oh no, you really are. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Now listen. Next week we have. Uh, uh, Donzele Abernathy, the daughter of Ralph, uh, civil rights activist Ralph oh. Abernathy, and she's going to be, she's amazing. She's done so much for civil rights, and we're going to talk about, uh, as two fellow Georgians who's from Atlanta, she's going to talk about all she has going on, and um, and check out the website, and again, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and JW, thank you so thank much you. as My always. My pleasure. Thank you so much, you. Jennifer. I yeah. loved your story, oh, and, and, and you. you really are an inspiration. Thank yes, you so much. Yes, she is. Yes. And she's you. so beautiful inspiration thank you so much (laughs) you've been watching and listening one on one with Jasper and thank you Lewis maybe for calling in thank you Lewis thank you so much much. we'll see you next week same time same place peace out (laughs) thanks for checking out one on one with Jasper Cole check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released subscribe today on iTunes Stitcher and YouTube